Pastor Chukso Goye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church, Johannesburg. Pastor Chuks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye. Hi, good evening. Welcome to another edition of our online masterclass, Understanding the Goodness of God. Tonight is episode number 34. Uh, we are sharing on the goodness of God. And helping the saints of God come into a place of establishment regarding the subject of the goodness of God. I, I, I want to, to throw out a thought tonight. There is a time and a season for each person's purpose. We all are not on the same timing. We all are not running the same race. Do you know that as, as we are now, there are some part of the earth that have already entered mourning. Some part of the earth, they are, they, are, they are in the morning of yesterday. Some are already entered the morning of the next day. But nobody is late. They are all in their different time zones. You are in a different time zone from the person next to you. And you can't compare what's happening, what God is doing in their life, to what God is doing in your life. Because you're in different time zones. You're running different races. And it's important that we get this. Join me in the service, even as we unpack this truth. Go through to be equipped and prepared uh, so that you can bust out and, and shock the whole world. Amen. Because they didn't see you coming. Hallelujah. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. It says, to everything. Someone say everything. To everything, there is a season. Everything. And a time for every purpose under heaven. There's a time for the purpose of God in your life for the earth. We were all sent here on assignment. Can I get an amen from somebody? We are all running different races. Can I get an amen from somebody? So there is a purpose of God for your life. And the Bible said there is a time for that purpose. To speak until it's time, it will not speak. So, your part is to understand what God is doing in your life and walk with your God. You can't live in comparison with other people because none of us are running the same race. Amen. None of us are, two of, no two of us are running the same race. I was one day driving on the highway and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said to me, life is like the highway. There are people in front of you. There are people behind you. There are people overtaking. You are not in any race with anybody. If you've ever driven a long distance, you know, sometimes you will see this car is right in front of you and then you overtake it. And then, two hours down the road, you see the same car again coming to overtake you. Amen. 
Or sometimes people overtake you and you saw them overtake you. And they keep going. And then after you've driven one hour, you find them somewhere apart. You overtake them again. Life is like that. Quit comparing yourself with other people. You don't know where they are going. That someone overtakes you means absolutely nothing. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You, all of us who are drivers on the road know that. That someone overtakes you, it means absolutely nothing. They could overtake you and just off ramp at the next off ramp. And their journey is over. And yours is still 12 hours in front of you. So what's the point killing yourself because someone overtook? What's the point, you know, getting so upset? Ah, we were born the same time. And they have over- which overtake? In this race, everybody is running their own race. Don't allow pressure. Don't allow other people's testimony to put pressure on you. Amen. Because we are not running the same race. At any point in time that you are in front of me on the highway doesn't mean you are a better driver. It doesn't mean anything. Absolutely nothing. It means nothing. You can be behind me. It doesn't mean I'm better than you. It doesn't mean I'm going to get to where I'm going before you. It doesn't mean anything. So we can't allow these things build pressure. You are running your own race. What you're supposed to do is to face your lane. Face your race. Stay in your lane. Stay where God called you to stay and keep running. Hallelujah. Be faithful and stay in your lane. Help me tell somebody stay in your lane. Listen, the purposes of God for your life, please hear this. This is a very important spiritual truth I'm about to release to you. The purposes of God for your life, sometimes they come out in stages. The plan of God for your life, sometimes they come out what? In stages, in phases. It's like a woman, like my mother, who gave birth to six children. She gave birth to six children over a space of 10 years. We all didn't pop out at the same time. We all came from that womb, but we all didn't pop out at the same time. I met somebody recently who said her mother gave birth to 17 children and all 17 are alive. And I met her. And all of them, and there are none of them that are twins. Ha. They share the same womb. Wow. And I make the person as an adult. So, the purposes of God are like that. But the difference between the purposes of God and human beings given birth is this. The gestation period for each purpose is different. Because no pop, no, no two Stages are the same. So some, you will carry them for two weeks and you birth. Some, you will carry them for two years. Some, maybe five years. Some, maybe ten years. There are different stages to birth the things that God wants you to birth. Listen. In First King chapter 17, we see Elijah being launched out in a prophetic ministry and God gives him access to speak to the king. And that take that phase as a burden of a first child. The purpose of God for his life was burdened. And he, I would have imagined that he thought 
he's going to you know, just take off and fly now and begin to do great things and begin to speak to other kings in other nations and, and begin to gather big prophetic gatherings. And, and as soon as that was born, God says, go and hide yourself in the brook. Because there's another stage of your ministry I want to birth. And as we have seen, that second season, it took three and a half years of incubation. Between the brook and the widow's house, he was incubating the next stage. And then he butted it. And after that, there will be something else. So this, this thing I'm talking about is in stages. So God can hide you now to birth this. And then as soon as you birth it, he takes you into another season of hiding. To prepare you to birth the next one. And, okay, you can say, ah, but the last one, it was, the hiding was only three months. So this one must be three months. It, it doesn't work like that. This one can be three years. This one can be five years. What you're supposed to do is to understand that to every purpose, there is a time. And all I want to do is work with the timing of God to birth the different agendas and different stages of God's plan for my life. Amen. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, now read this with me. Habakkuk 2. He said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he who reads it, that he may run who reads it, okay? That he may run who reads it. Verse 3. Look at this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. There is an appointed time for every vision. There's an appointed time for every stage of your life. I've seen people get so frustrated. They say to me, Pastor, everything has worked. My life has been, you know, everything has worked. Career has worked for me. But when it has come to this issue, I don't know what is wrong. And they're expecting to birth this one as they have birthed the others. But this one is taking a bit longer. There's nothing wrong. The Bible said there is an appointed time for every vision. He says, but at the end, it will speak. It only speaks at the end. It only speaks at the end. He said, Pastor, but when is the end? I don't know. It's only at the end. I don't know when the end is. How long is this season going to be? I don't know. All I know is that it will speak at the end. If you're not willing to be patient to get to the end, you will not see it speak. So you got to be patient to see it to the end. Hallelujah. He says, and it will not lie. Meaning there is a season when it looks like it's lying. Ah. There's a season where the purposes of God for your life seem like it's lying. You shared the vision. You spoke about the vision. But it's not happening. And it looks like you lied. You declared it, but it didn't manifest when you declared it. And it looks like it's lying. But Bible says a time comes when it will not lie again. Hallelujah. There's a time coming when the vision will not lie. And I'm speaking to somebody. I say your time has come for the vision to speak. He said, look at it. He said, though it tarries, though it delays, wait for it. 
You can't be impatient. Impatience will ruin God's plan for your life. Wait for it. Why did Abraham and his wife Sarah miss it? They couldn't wait. They couldn't wait for Isaac to come through. They couldn't wait. They ended up giving birth to Ishmael. We are still suffering from Ishmael today. He said, don't it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely, someone says surely. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Wow. That sounds like an oxymoron. He said, don't it tarries, it will not tarry. Meaning, listen, this is what it means. Though it may look like it's wasting time. Though it may look like it's taking long. But when he speaks, it will not take long. Meaning, when it manifests, it will cover all the times when you thought it wasted. That's what he's saying. Though it tarries, it will not tarry. So, don't let the devil tell you time is going. Don't let the devil tell you you are, you are getting old. This thing is not going to happen. The devil is a liar. All you are supposed to do is to believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You got to just believe it. I taught us last week, walk that thing into a stronghold in your mind. Walk it into a stronghold. Speak it, say it, think it, keep saying it, keep doing it until everything about you is speaking the goodness of God. That's all that's required. Because it will surely come. Help me tell somebody it will surely come. Or that vision will surely come. Surely. The reason why it will surely come is that you didn't give yourself the vision. God gave you the vision. And before God gave it to you, he finished it. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Because he finished it, it will surely, inevitably come to pass. The reason why Satan gets on your case and tries to tell you this thing will not happen is because he convinced you that God is not good to you. When you know that God is good to you, you know that what it is he started, the Bible says he will be faithful to complete it. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to pass, to complete it. Hallelujah. He is faithful. Amen. His faithfulness connects with his goodness. His faithfulness is an expression of his goodness. And because he's faithful, it will surely come. It will not tarry. So allow yourself the season to pass and engage the season properly so you don't elongate it. So I want to teach you how the wrong responses. I, I'm, I'm not claiming that my list is exhaustive. There could be more. But this is the much that I could, I could put together in my heart and my spirit to share with you as I studied this. Wrong responses in the season of hiding. The things you can do to abort it or to protract it unnecessarily. Number one is grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining comes out of a, a distrust in the goodness of God. The children of Israel grumbled and complained in the wilderness because they didn't trust in the goodness of God. 
So, so every time they face a small challenge, there's no water. Instead of them to know the God who opened the Red Sea, he will bring water. He is so good to us. He will not allow us to die of thirst. He will bring water. We trust in his goodness. We believe in his goodness. He is so good to us. He's our father. All we need to do is look to him and cry to him. He will bring water. But no. Instead of them to look to God and cry to God, they will start grumbling. They will start murmuring. They will start complaining. Murmuring, grumbling, and complaining will cause you to abort God's purpose for your life or elongate it unnecessarily. Protract the, the hiding season unnecessarily. God forbid. You will not grumble. You will not complain no more. So every time Satan is pushing you to the edge to say this thing is taking so long, when is it going to come to pass? Please understand what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to use you as your own enemy. To use you, use to make you use your own mouth to abort what God is doing in your life. That devil is a liar. When you are pushed to grumble and complain, switch to gratitude. Even if you don't understand it, God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you because you are absolutely good to me. I praise you that you hear me. I praise you that you started a good work in me. You will bring it to an end. Switch from grumbling and complaining to gratitude. Number two. Wrong response. Uncontrolled outbursts of emotions and passions. Uncontrolled passions. Or emotions. The enemy can use it to detract you and protract this process. An example was Moses. Moses felt the passion to be a deliverer. But Moses could not manage that passion and that emotion. He got angry. And he couldn't control his anger. And Moses jumped out and killed somebody. Out of uncontrolled anger. And he ended up protracting his hiding season for another 40 years. Imagine what would have happened to Joseph. When Mrs. Potiphar was pushing him. And Moses and Joseph, sorry. And Joseph could not control his passion. And Mrs. Potiphar kept on pushing him and kept on pushing him. Imagine that he allowed his passion to take him over. He would have protracted that process. Or maybe possibly abort it. Uncontrolled outbursts of emotions and passions. You know, Moses ended up not entering into the promised land. Why? Uncontrolled anger. He got so angry. God said, speak to the rock. Moses got so angry, he struck the rock a second time. And God said, I'm done. We're not doing this nonsense anymore. Moses used his own anger to abort the promise of God to enter into the promised land. You will not allow uncontrolled outbursts of emotions and passion to ring what God is doing in your life. Amen. Number three. Number three, wrong response in the time, in the season of hiding. Allowing the orphan spirits to infect your heart and influence your actions. Let me unpack that. The orphan spirit, I had done extensive teaching on that. 
can infect your heart and make you mistrust God and and feel like an orphan when you have a father. The manifestations of the orphan spirit will produce murmuring and grumbling as we said. But not only that, the orphan spirit disconnects you from your spiritual covering. The orphan spirit disconnects you from your spiritual father. It does. Look at the prodigal son. I think about that guy. And I wonder what happened to him. Why did he become dissatisfied with his position in the house? He wanted more. The desire for more. Satan can use that desire for more to pull people and lure people into things. Oh, there are, there are ministers of the gospel who have been lured into occultism because they wanted more. They wanted growth quickly and they sold their soul to the devil. They, they, they subscribe to, to fake miracles because they want more and want it quickly. See, this orphan spirit can... Let's look at the life of David. In the 13 years that he was hiding, David passed his test a few times when he had an opportunity to strike his spiritual father who was Saul. Saul had had come to a place where his, his head was not working properly. Uh, one night he was sleeping in a cave and David came there and found him sleeping. One of David's men says, ah, this is the opportunity we are looking for. This is the guy who's been chasing us and trying to make, and here he's sleeping like a log of wood. Allow me to strike him once and I'll cut off his head from where he's sleeping. And David said, you will not do any such thing. And what was it? David understood this. If I raise my hand against Saul, I will abort my destiny or at best I will protract it. And David, you know, in one of the instances, he chose to cut a piece of garment of Saul's garment and took a piece. And, and in the morning, he stood over at their side on the other hill and called out to Saul. You see, I could have killed you last night. I cut out your... That was when Saul realized this guy was here. I could have died. But the Bible says, and David's heart smote him even for cutting the robe of his spiritual father. So in that season of hiding, you got to be careful not to allow the orphan spirit. What did the orphan spirit do to the children of Israel? The orphan spirit stopped them from entering into promised land. At the end of the day, all of them that left Egypt, who had brought that orphan spirit from Egypt, they all died in the wilderness. God had to raise their children who didn't have that spirit to go into the promised land. That's what the enemy wants to do. To, uh, to allow, to make the orphan spirit to choke you and, and affect you and cause you to abort what God is doing in your life. That devil is a liar. Hallelujah. Number four. Number four. 
Wrong response in the season of hiding. Number four, not cooperating with God to achieve the objective of the season. Not cooperating with God to achieve the objective of the season. So God says it's the season to plant the heavens. Instead of you to spend time planting the heavens in the place of prayer, you are busy being depressed. You are busy being depressed. You are busy drowning yourself with alcohol because you are depressed. And if they ask you, you say no because you are not happy with the state of your life. Instead of you to spend time that God is giving you a season to prepare for what he has for you. But no, you are in the flesh. You just choose to dwell and indulge in the flesh and you're not cooperating with the objective and the things of heaven. See, this is the part. It's so important that we get this. Because many people die in the wilderness. Not because there's no promised land for them, but because they fail to cooperate with God. To do what is necessary so that the season can shift and the next season can come. Number five, complacency and indifference. When you become complacent about the purposes of God and the plan of God, and you become indifferent. And indifference can come by reason of, of um, hope deferred. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So hope can be deferred that your heart has become sick and you become indifferent. You, you don't care anymore. You don't, you don't want to push anymore. You don't want to plug in anymore. And you become complacent. Complacency will not bring you into the fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. Number six. Acting in the flesh and going down to Egypt. When you now choose to use fleshly methods to help God or choose to use fleshly methods to engage the things of the spirit. Abraham fell for this. He with his wife, Sarah. And they ended up giving birth to Ishmael. So you act in the flesh. Some people, because of the season, they don't understand it. They turn to, to Sangomas. They turn to things. They, they leave the, the right part and begin to engage in dubious things. They start stealing. They start, you know, manipulating figures just to make it. That devil is a liar. Hallelujah. These are things that can protract that season. God had a purpose for you. Hence that season. And you need to walk with God to fulfill that season. A few things that you need to note to help you walk through the season when God is, seems to be silent. When you don't seem to understand what's going on. Number one, realize and accept that God is a good God. Because when you do, it will help you embrace what the Father is doing and cooperating with Him. It's difficult to walk with God when you f- believe that He is the one punishing you. Or He's the one delaying this thing. He's not delaying it. He's actually wanting to make this thing work quickly. If only you can cooperate with Him. Or somebody needs to say to the Lord, Yes, I am. I am, I am going to cooperate with you. I believe that you've got the best plans for me. You're an absolutely good God. Amen. Somebody said, God, you're absolutely good to me. 
Number two, the father's goal is to bring you to your highest and your best. That's what the father is about. That's what he's working on right now. To bring you to your highest and your best. Listen, every gift in your life has its highest and best expression. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. There are gifts you carry right now, you don't even know you carry them. It has its highest and its best expression. The will of God is to bring every single gift in your life into its highest and its best expression. And everything the Father is doing is to help you bring those gifts to its highest and best expression. How do you know when it's, it's functioning at its highest and its best? Bible says it will bring you before great men. Oh, Bible says it will bring you before great men. Not before mean men. Before great men. Your gift is supposed to serve kings. And serve great men. And solve big problems. I put it in another way. To do the greatest good to the highest number. Hallelujah. And that's the father's goal. Number three. Listen to this. God's methods and tools are always consistent with his goals and objectives. I want to unpack that a little bit. God's methods and tools are always consistent with his goals and objectives. In other words, see, there is a demonic principle that says the end justifies the means. So, people who use that principle, the end justifies the means. Means, I can do anything as far as I get to my end. I can deploy any strategy so far as I achieve my objective. That principle is demonic. God does not do that principle. God's methods must be consistent with the objective he's trying to arrive at. So if God is wanting to arrive at a righteous end, then his methods must be righteous. So you have to align with God in righteous methods to arrive at a righteous objective. You can't, you can't use fleshly means to achieve godly objectives. It doesn't work. That's why Paul said to the Galatians, did you start in the spirit and you want to end up in the flesh? So, so God's methods are consistent with the goals. So, his goal is for you to be love. His method must be love. His goal is for you to be holy. His method and part of getting there must be holy. You can't use crooked methods to achieve God's objectives. Number four, listen to this. God may not be the architect of all the twists and turns that greet your path, but he sure knows how to use them to work out his purposes and agenda. And you have to get that. So he may not be the one to, you know, who is is the architect of the twists and the turns and the difficulties and no it's like you know the children of israel in the wilderness and the times they made famine and the times they made drought and the times they made you know um, three days of no water god was not the architect of that but the thing was that god was working in that season to provide water for them to provide food for them to show them that his father and you say pastor but where did the where, 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 where did all the challenges come out from? The challenges come out from a broken world. We are living in a broken world. And this broken world has challenges. There will be seasons of no food, or no water, or scarcity, or lack, or trouble at work. It's not God. 
Bible says he is a very present help in a time of need. He doesn't, he's not the one who creates the need. He's the one who helps you solve the need. I don't know if you heard me. He's not the one who created the need or created the trouble. Because if you believe that, then it's difficult to stand in faith against what you believe came from God. But he's the one trying to help resolve the need. Resolve the trouble. The enemy will bring the trouble, but God will solve the trouble. Amen. And you need to know that. That God is an absolutely good God and he's not the one bringing the trouble. He's the one bringing the solution to the trouble. Every time there is a trouble, God has a solution for it. Number five. When God seems to be silent, that does not mean he is not concerned. That does not mean he has forgotten you. That does not mean he's ignoring you. Actually, it means just the opposite. It is a sign that he's watching over you closely and getting you prepared for new and higher levels, bigger results, better things. And you need to understand that and cooperate with him. So when it seems that he's silent, please ask him, what are you saying? Because he's never silent. He is probably facing another direction where he wants to walk with you in that direction. It's just a shift of perspective. And as you cooperate with him in that direction, you will find fulfillment in that season in that direction. Hallelujah. Stop being agitated about stuff. And just have peace. Amen. Your life is in the hands of God. Your progress is in the hands of God. Your success is in the hands of God. Stop being agitated about it. And trust him. And walk with him. Number six. You must be sensitive and discerning to respond appropriately so that you can hasten the purposes and the agenda of heaven. When he is wanting to turn the bitter waters and make them sweet, please cooperate with him. Let the bitter waters become sweet. When he's wanting to send manna, please cooperate with him and receive the manna and don't start complaining about the manna. When he wants to give you quail, receive the quail. And don't start becoming ungrateful and say, Zero quail will be eaten. Number seven, and the last one for this morning. This is so key. Sustained faithfulness is the key to working with and cooperating with God. Sustained faithfulness. Keep at it. Hallelujah. Keep at it. Somebody opened a shop and he said, Pastor, I asked them, Are you not going to go to the shop today? He said, But what's the point of going? I've been going the whole the whole of this week. Nobody has come to the shop. So what's the point of opening today? I said, No, you you're missing this thing. You're missing it. Go and open the shop and sit there. Because you don't know the day that the person that is going to give you the break is coming. Open the shop and sit there. Inconsistency lies the victory. You can't open the shop today and then tomorrow you close it because you are discouraged. You can't, no, 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 be consistent. What does it mean to be faithful? To be consistently consistent. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Preach. Whether it's two people in church or 2,000 people, it doesn't matter. Do the best that you can because the principle of God is faithfulness. He is the rewarder of faithfulness. Keep at it at the work, at the job that he gave you. Yes, your bosses may not be appreciating what you're doing, but be faithful. 
Keep at it. Do your best. Keep giving your very best. Yes, you're not being appreciated, but keep giving your best. Yes, they are not acknowledging and appreciating you. Please understand the reason why they are not. You are in hiding. They can't see it. So keep at it. Keep at it. Hallelujah. Faithfulness is the key. Stay where God planted you. Stay where you are supposed to be. Don't get impatient and unplug yourself. Stay there and do what God called you to do. We have been called to be faithful to him. He's the one we serve. Amen. So show up and do your work. Show up and do what he's called you to do. Be faithful. Yeah, pastor, but I've been given. I haven't seen anything. The devil is a liar. Keep at it. Inconsistency lies the victory. Keep at it. Keep at it. Listen, there is for every act of faithfulness which comes out of faith, there is goodness being laid up. There's goodness being treasured. Listen, Bible says that God is faithful. He will not allow you to be pushed beyond what you can bear. He is faithful. The Bible says he will reward. He's not, a, he's, he's not unfaithful to forget your labor of love. He doesn't forget it. There is a memorial kept in heaven. There's a record kept. So for every act of faithfulness, it's being registered. It's being registered. And goodness is being stored up. One day, it's going to break out in the presence of man. We serve a God who is a rewarder. Hallelujah. He's a rewarder. So keep at it. Just stay faithful. Keep doing what he's called you to do. That season will shift. And when it shifts, you are ready. Because you have learned all that you are supposed to learn. You have, you have imbibed all that he wants you to imbibe. And when you are ready, welcome back. I am sure you were very blessed by that message. Stay consistent and keep doing what God has called you to do. That's all that's been asked of you. Be faithful, be consistent, keep growing, keep doing. Keep growing, keep doing. The goodness of God will continue to grow in you and grow through you in the manifestation of the same in the earth. God bless you. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight. I want you to uh, send us a message. If you need any kind of help, if you need any prayer, you need counseling, the number to reach us is plus 2781-421-0835. Please feel free to reach out to us. If you want a copy of this message by uh, as an audio format, we are happy to send it to you via WhatsApp. The number to reach us is still the same number, plus 2781-421-0835. If you watched by YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Click the notification button so that you can get uh, notifications of future events and future content that we upload on the channel. If you watch by Facebook, share uh, the Facebook page and let everybody around you uh, enjoy the same depth of wisdom that you have received today. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we continue the broadcast, Understanding the Goodness of God. Good night. God bless you. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence. 
clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.